Kingdom of Thirst podcast. My name is Abigail Kelly and I'm here with MJ Feraldo. Hi, MJ. Hi, Abigail. How are you? I'm, t- you know, I've been better. <laughs> <laughs> I had quite the night last night, MJ. Um, by which I mean, I, I don't, I don't party. I don't rage. I don't do any of those fun things that I should do in my early twenties. But you know what I did do is I, um, worked all day at the bookshop and then I came home with my, well, I, Yes, I came home, I let my dog out, and then my coworker came and picked me up, and we went to the Korean grocery store by my house, and we got a lot of groceries, and then we went back to my house, and we ate a lot of Korean food, and then we recorded a podcast at 9.30 p.m. until 11 p.m., and then I got really, really super sick all night. Oh, no. What's the food? So, I don't know. I can only assume I did myself dirty. I don't... I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I got a grand total of maybe three hours of sleep last night. So nice. Everything's great for me right now, MJ. Everything's fine. How are you? I am good. I've been averaging about three, four hours sleep because I've been editing. So, oh, yeah, not as fun as getting sick with Korean food, but well, I, yeah, that's yeah. I really got the better deal of the two for sure, for sure. Um, so what have you been editing? I've been editing book two of my mm-hmm. series. It's called um, The Island of Time. Editing is not fun. That's not the fun part of writing, for sure. Oh, you're you're a you're a drafter. I I love drafting and I love outlining, but the editing bit is just not something I would ever enjoy doing I don't think that's so interesting because I'm 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 not one of those people who hates writing like I remember I was in a writer's group for a long time Um, we met in this tiny little Ethiopian cafe across town in San Francisco every Sunday and I did that for like two years Um, and it was really really great and we did like you know critiques every couple of weeks and stuff like that and it was always funny to me when I would talk to some people in the group and they'd be like oh don't you just hate writing like don't you just like absolutely like it's so it's like bleeding onto the page every time you try and write and I was like no that's not how it feels at all like sometimes it's kind of hard but it's not like it's not like a miserable experience because if it was I probably wouldn't do it uh but on on the other hand, I think I, I do very much enjoy um, editing, I think. I, I, I think I like that when I know the thing is done, and at least I have the done thing, and I can like rearrange the pieces however I need to, but I've, I've finished the marathon. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I don't know. It's just, to me, it's like the writing is the experience. And I'm an outliner, yeah. so I do outline everything. Yeah. So I know where I'm going, and I know what's going to happen. But I do create, as I create, and sometimes even when I'm actually uh, writing, I, it's new things pop up all the time, which is great. Mm-hmm. And yeah. But the, the editing, it's just, I, I just don't like it. Are you doing like major edits or are you doing just like copy edits? It's just copy edits and before I send it to the actual copy editor, it's going to be finalizing everything. So it's pretty much done. But now... Yeah. Because I I finished it on a cliffhanger and I'm apologizing already. <laughs> it's a really bad one. 
<laughs> and and I was thinking the other, I was like, huh, how can I make it worse? I was like, right. So I, oh, I, I added. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> and then I was like, why am I so mean? And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm one of those people who, like, when I edit, it's it's a matter of usually, like, oh, I get rid of the entire first chapter, or I, like, rearrange, like, three different chapters, or I'm missing a chapter here, so I have to go back in and, like, add something. Um, I, I'm one of those people who's, like, obsessed with um, starting a story where it really starts, where it's most interesting. Um, so I'm always, like, hyper-conscious of, like, okay, is this like, is this a punchy enough beginning? Like, where is the story like really start? So usually I'll cut a little bit off the beginning and I'll cut a little bit more and I'll cut a little bit more. And the next thing I know, I'm starting like mid scene and I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. They have no context (laughs) for what's happening. It's like chaos all of a sudden. Yeah. You're you're just being dropped in the middle of an explosion, which can be fun, but also you need to know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I kind of, well, last book, the, the first book, the, the Secret Goddess kind of ended in a very soft cliffhanger, which apparently wasn't as yeah. soft as I thought it was because people have been complaining. Well, romance readers don't like any cliffhanger, no matter how soft. It's like, oh my god, where's the second one? I needed it like yesterday. I'm like, well, it's not that bad of a cliffhanger. And they're like, no, it kind of is. I was like, okay. Um, so, but, but yeah, so the second one starts really right off where the first one finishes, pretty much. Yeah. And I think what it is, is because I'm, I've introduced a very interesting character at the end of book one, and I was like, who is that? I want to know yeah. who that is. And now the cliffhanger on book two is kind of similar in that way, where I'm, I'm introducing a lot of new characters that mm-hmm. are going to be very relevant to book three, but I'm also like revealing a major secret of the whole thing where no one knew my characters didn't know the readers didn't know no one knows Mm -hmm. and but i'm just ending it there because i'm gonna develop it um you know in book three so it's gonna be fun i think i'm gonna get pitchforks and people yelling at me well you know as long as like there's a productive outrage and there's an unproductive outrage and the productive outrage is how could you do this to me now i have to wait for the next one and i'm heartbroken about it but oh my god i'm going to be feral until i finally get it and then there's like i never want to read these books again how could you do this and i i think one of those is good one of those (laughs) is bad but like i you know I'm, i'm hoping it's a productive one i i'm yeah putting enough out there for them to question everything that they know already and thinking uh-huh. okay i need to continue reading to know how it ends because it can't yeah. end like this and but yeah but it's already a planned series so that's always um, a good thing i think for mainly for new authors i think it's, it's a good thing that people know that you have a planned series so that way it's not like you're gonna leave them in the lurch with not knowing yeah. it, i think it's very comforting for the readers to get a little bit of insight into the process, particularly with a series that is um, like a narrative series, right? Um, As opposed to like a standalone, like, of course, people want to know what, you know, who's going to be next and what the stuff is going to be, right? But like, when it's something that ends with consistent cliffhangers and like threads into the next one, it can be very comforting for readers to then engage with the author between books to be like, Hey, you have a plan for this, right? Like you're going, you're going to fix this, right? And you go like, yes, 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 I am. Pat their head, and they're like, calm down a little bit. And then they come back twenty minutes later, go, but you're going to fix it, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I've, I'm already like I said, I've I've had people already asking me about book two, and mm-hmm. they're anxious, anxiously waiting for it to come out. 
and they keep asking, you sure it's coming out on June 14th? I was like, yep, don't worry about it. It's coming out. I promise. I promise it will be out and you'll get to see them. And then you're going to come back to me three, four, five hours later once you finish just speed reading it and yeah. ask me where's the third one. And yeah, the first one is coming as well sometime. I, I think... On one hand, I respect the hell out of the authors who do the rapid release, like, every other month thing. I respect the hell out of it. That's, like, really hard, and, like, I cannot, like, imagine. I mean, I do, like, a novella every other month for my Patreon, but, like, that's not the same. Um, And, uh, but on the other hand, like, I do think the constant flow of content has made readers a little bit, like, they don't understand that books take time <laughs> exactly and that other things happen yeah. like life yeah and i write i'm like a fast i'm a fast writer i write about anywhere between 2500 and 5000 words a day and like so i can finish a 100000 word book in like 40 days if i want to i shouldn't cuz i treat myself terribly during that time and i i just become a gremlin yes um but I can if I need to, and I have, um, and get very, very ill at the end. But um, I, I, even even that, I'm like, well, okay, if you want the book to be what you expect it to be, which is a polished, interesting, well-written book of a certain length, I have to, at the minimum, take 40 days to write that book. Then I have to do edits, and I have to do a second draft. And then I have to get it to an editor, wait for the editor to come back to make sure they caught everything, get it back from my editor, go over it again to make sure that I've caught things that my editor didn't catch, like format it, do art for it, like all of this stuff, do the promo. That's like six months, even if you are doing it as fast as you possibly can. I take usually 14 days to do my second draft after I finish the first draft, and I still take six months. Yeah, and ideally you should wait in between one draft and the next anyways to make sure yeah. that, you know, do your head is clear but it doesn't always happen and as a, as an indie author i think we also put ourselves into these situations in a way because i put mm-hmm. myself my own deadlines it's not like anyone asked me but obviously it was also encouraged by the people liking the first one and i'm like okay um I'll get out hurry. as soon as possible yeah i'll just yeah. hurry up and do it but and and my idea was okay i'll finish it in like march edit it in april yeah it's mm-hmm. almost May now, and yeah, I'm still edited. <laughs> Not so bad. Not so bad. Not bad, but I was I was hoping to get it to better readers and and to like the, you know sooner, way sooner. But I mean, my my philosophy as a writer, as a voracious reader, and as a bookseller is and always will be, books don't go bad. So. They take the time they need to take to be written, and they take the time they need to take to be read. Um, it's okay. A, a well-seasoned book is just that much more satisfying. That's true. Uh, except if you're like, you know, uh, uh, who's it, like Patrick Rothfuss or whatever that like has been promising a book for like 20 years or whatever the hell. <laughs> At that point, I, I, uh, I got nothing for you, man. <laughs> No, I'll never take that long. I promise people I will never yeah. take that long. But um I love I love the writing process anyways and I'm already starting yeah. something new. And that's the other thing that happens to me is uh, 
as I'm writing the story that has been planned for 18 years now. <laughs> Actually, saying that, yeah, I have been planning this story for about 18 years. But it's different because I, I didn't tell anyone that it was going to come out in 18 years. I was just planning it in my head for 18 years. Um, yeah. But then other stories start popping up and other characters and other things. And I'm like, oh, no, go away. I can't have you right now in my head. Please. But, yeah. I mean, I I think that's really common. Like, you don't, you don't start out with... I think very few people actually start out with the idea of like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book that's about like, you know, all these people and doing all this stuff. Um, I think it kind of starts organically as just, oh, wouldn't that be an interesting thing to happen? And what if this? And what if that? And oh no, now that person has a name. Oh no, now they live in my head. Oh, what do I do with that? I guess I could write it down. Um, and, and in that way, like it's easy to end up with a book brewing for almost 20 years um, without intending to it has it has mine was a bit of a weird story as well because it started out i was working one day in a clothing shop i was a cashier back then when i was i don't know i was 18 19 mm -hmm. i don't know it was a long time ago it feels <laughs> like a, like a lifetime ago and um and one of our regulars came up to me and and she looks at me she's like oh, are you egyptian and i'm like uh no not even close not even in the same continent, nothing. <laughs> My family is definitely not from anywhere near Egypt. And I was like, why? And she's like, you look Egyptian. And I was like, ah, oh, well, that's an interesting you know, concept. What if my parents adopted me or something? Or what if I'm not who I think I am? Mm -hmm. And that's how the story began, basically. That's how my, my whole story started. And then it just went bonkers. And yeah. It happens that way. I, I am very curious um, to know. So basically, your the, the premise of your book is it's built on uh, Egyptian mythology. Um, and it's built on these people who are links to the Egyptian gods. Um, and they can do special things. And they can have special connections to other people. <laughs> Without too much information there. Yeah. Spoilers. But yes. Yeah. Got to got to dance around a certain things, um, but they they are and there's like secret societies involved and there's like layers upon layers of secrecy and like our our main character doesn't know who she is she's just a normal person who owns a bookstore which tickled me um, and uh, her her I, I'm gonna spoil the beginning here because I feel like it's important to set up but her parents are like brutally murdered. Um, and she is devastated. Um, but as soon as they are gone, she begins experiencing certain changes and a mysterious connection develops between her and this detective um, who is investigating the murders, but mostly investigating her for much more personal reasons. <laughs> is that a good summary? <laughs> a good summary. Yes, he definitely is investigating her for more personal reasons. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but he is, I mean... Okay, it's, it is a spoiler, but it's basically chapter two, so it's not really that yeah. much of a spoiler. But yes, he, he is part of this secret society, and, and he is in charge of dealing with, um, with, you know, with cases that have to do with the secret society in a way, and her parents obviously are part of it. They just mm -hmm. never told her. And, and yes, yeah, she she's, is an interesting character because um, in book one, it's about the discovery of who she is, about yeah. what she can do, 
basically. And kind of, but at the same time, she's going through this really horrible situation. And it it is kind of like, I, I've noticed that a lot of people that read it, so it's like, okay, well, she just goes with the flow and she does to, in book one. And then she's going to start waking up and realizing, wait a minute, what am I doing? In book two. Yeah. So it is, it is about self-discovery in many ways. And it's about, um, you know, about being pushed into a world that she has no clue that existed and, and what she does about it because it's, it's so different in, many, in every way. And yeah. she has to abandon everything for her own safety. And it's, it's interesting to me that they, they basically came together for this horrible reason but they're mm-hmm. they're making something out of it, and they're actually yeah. you know trying to to fight their own desires, if you will. Mm-hmm. Some of them, anyways, not all of them. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of them are fighting it, but um, but they have to for reasons. <laughs> yeah, which I'm not gonna say. But for, um, for, plot for, pertinent reasons. Yeah, for reasons, and. Yeah, so we'll see. I- I'm hoping that people understand that she's not really a pushover. She's she's very much someone that has gone through something really, really bad, it's really horrible, and now she's just being led because she doesn't know what to do yet. Yeah, I mean, if you are basically a foreigner in this world that you have been pushed into, like, I, I don't think I would immediately be like, well, then I'm going to do this, right? Like, I'm because, I don't know, you don't have the tools, you don't have the language to to find your footing yet. So you'll just follow the lead of the person you think you can trust um, and hope that they'll lead you right. Um, and that's kind of what happens. I mean, she's she's cut loose in the first in the first book from everything she thought she knew um and i don't think anyone would really react with the utmost confidence in their situation in her place um especially when there's like such big things <laughs> the mechanics the gears are turning <laughs> um um, I'm very interested, though. I would love to hear why you chose um, Egyptian mythology to base this on. Well, part of it was that encounter that I had personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And part of it is I've always been fascinated by it. There is many mythologies. There is obviously the, the Greek one and the Roman one is the, the ones that people usually, most of the books that we know now are based on Greek mythology because... I'm guessing it's what we studied the most when we were growing mm-hmm. up in like every country I think. I'm obviously mm-hmm. I'm not Ameri- I'm not from the US and I'm I'm not I'm, Spanish, um, English is not my first language to begin with. Mm-hmm. So um in in my country we do study all of them. We do study Egyptian as well and I remember when we were studying it that it just it caught me because mm-hmm. it's so it's the same if you really look at them all. They're all the same. All mythologies are very, very similar to the point that it's kind of like a copycat of, it's like a retelling of each other's things, right? Mm-hmm. But the Egyptian one is, it's so intricate. It, it's like, it has like the, you know, the, the, they're all 
brothers and sisters and they all like kind of stab each other in the back because of jealousy and because of very human desires very human mm -hmm. feelings mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the things that that kind of brought me to the egyptian mythology is that i wanted to make it about egyptian mythology but not a retelling it's not a it's not mm -hmm. a copycat of the myths it's not something that you, you're not gonna you know I, I joke about not having isis chop you know put everyone put osiris back together again that's not gonna happen in this book well in this series anyways and it's about the this feeling behind what the gods were doing and what the mythology mm -hmm. says that they were doing obviously so I'm taking parts of the mythology and I'm, I'm applying that to to the book but it's not a retelling and I keep saying this a lot because a lot of people have complained about that too it's like oh it's contemporary and I'm like yes yes it is it's very much contemporary it's not set in the past or it's not set in the time of the gods and the gods are not present in the first book that's what I liked. I honestly, I I I I went into your book like being like, okay, like I think this is like I'm getting like Egyptian vibes and then I was like, okay, is this going to be like a Percy Jackson style like where the gods are like directly interfering all the time and like they are the characters and the stuff. Um and it was it was really nice to be like, no, these are their own people in a culture that has developed that has continued to develop over time when we kind of think of mythology and and like um, particularly mythology of cultures that are have kind of left those pantheons behind as being static um, and unchanging. Like, oh, yes, they had one myth and it never changed. And that's what we know now. So good. It's all set in stone. Whereas like I got the feeling when I was reading your book that it was very much like okay, yes, that's where it started. But in the meantime, without anybody noticing, there is a very large group of people that have continued to evolve and change with the gods and with the pantheon. They never left it behind. Um, and time has changed the things that they believe in their interactions with the gods and all that stuff, um, which I think is a, a really cool way of looking at it. It's a very, like, I don't know, realistic way of looking at it because it's like yeah of course of course the relationship would change well yeah yeah and and also i mean the gods will show up at some point because mm -hmm. um there are relations between them obviously that they have they they they're basically descendants of of the gods in yeah. a way which the gods i say gods obviously they're not actually gods because you know let's let's face it i, I mean in my myth in my books they're they are immoral beings, but they're not really almighty and, and like, um, you know, they, they do yeah. fail and they do terrible things and they can be dispatched into other planes. But um, <laughs> shall we say, shall we say? Yeah. which they have, they kind of have, they, they left basically. And they, some yeah. of them will try to come back and some of them will come back into, like I said, at the end of, of book one, they are in a place where, which I, I didn't even know what a portal fantasy was until, mm -hmm. you know, I started like digging more and I'm like, wait a minute, I think mine is very much so a portal fantasy yeah. in a way. And yeah, and, and I'm also not only bringing Egyptian mythology, but I'm also bringing like other bits and bobs from other mythologies that I like and that I think that they fitted the, the, the situation in the time. 
So, mm-hmm. like I said, I think that they're all kind of intertwined anyways. They're not really... Yeah. It's not a single one, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It is, they're all part of a bigger picture. Yeah. Um, you know what your book your books reminded me of? Um, have you read the... Um, God, hold on. The... Uh, the Night Prowler novels by uh, J.T. Gessinger. I have. So the first book is Shadow's Edge. And I rediscovered these books when I was doing an episode for the podcast a few months back where I went and looked at my Kindle purchases from 2012, back when I got a Kindle account. Uh, and I was in high school and I was like, okay, what was 18, 17-year-old Abigail reading? Of course, they were all romance novels, but some of them, let me tell you, Really surprised me. <laughs> no memory. Uh, I was really into Vikings. Wow. Like, so into Vikings. Had no memory of that. But, like, time travel specifically. Like, time travel Vikings. I don't... I downloaded a lot of books. But I I had downloaded this book and I'd never read it. Like, it showed as being completely unread, untouched. And I was like, what is this book? Um, ostensibly, it's about, like, cat shifters. Um but what it is, is basically these people are called the Akkadi, and they are descended from essentially the Egyptian gods. And they have scattered kind of all over the world in these small groups. Um, but they are like, <laughs> it's really quite the take to be like, they're cat shifters, so they they can turn into leopards. But also they can turn into mists sometimes if they're very powerful. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But they, but they have like like a little bit of magic, like environmentally sort of like they can affect each other and stuff like that. Um, it's not like a oh I'm gonna cast a spell and I can like light things on fire. It's like a you know kind of in the way that you do it. It's like an interpersonal magic, right? Um, uh, but they are, but it's it, it has these like this really interesting flavor of a developed and continuous mythology over centuries. So these people have left Egypt. They have settled all over the world. They've intermarried and like done all this stuff. They've changed, but the mythology has adapted with them no matter where they are. So the, the main character is a young woman who is hiding in LA. She's been hiding her whole life. She doesn't know what she is, but she knows that she needs to hide whatever it is that she is. Um, and of course she is tracked down by the leader of one of these like clans, but he's also a, a British Lord. Oh. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's fine. We're not going to look too deep into that. And then he, and then he like, kidnaps her essentially after they have a weird sexually charged encounter in a hotel room whatever don't worry about it whatever i need to read this book is what i'm thinking (laughs) i i listen mj actually the book fucking slaps like it's so good i wish that it was like explainable in any way honestly it's not but it's so good like it's so good and it's based on like cat hierarchy too so like there's like like certain people are born to be like higher up in the hierarchy but that there's like so few of them that the like the men have like clamped down so that you know they they don't want to let anybody out um so all the women like don't really have any freedom but it's it's like but then this girl comes in and is like hey fuck that and then she's like <laughs> also everyone's gonna want to be my mate or whatever oh, but also boy. screw all of you you killed my father or something i don't know it's like it's it's <laughs> It's wild. It's like 600 pages long and every page has some new and crazy shit in it. And like, 
Listen, it's just, it's very good. It's very good. And your book reminded me of it because I was like, it has a similar thread of um, the the continued mythology and the, the adaptive mythology of these people who have changed over the course of many centuries and who have had to adapt to being living in secret and having these abilities and like how does that change a people how does that like how do you have a community um and how do you make decisions as a community when you know everything is secret and what does that mean um and there is many more as well it's just because obviously in in the book you just see a tiny portion of them because they're the ones in charge basically yeah. yeah, but there is yeah on in following books in in the whole series you're gonna get to see other mainly there's a short story coming up as well, which yeah. but I didn't know that it's a secret one it's a secret story oh, I won't tell anybody if you don't tell anybody <laughs> uh, it's a secret story it, now it, it's coming out um at some point I think in December I'm not sure it's part of of a bigger project let's say. And I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to be talking about this, but it is coming out and I'm working on that one as well. And that one basically has a, a glimpse of the bigger picture of, of the normal, mm-hmm. the, the normal links, shall mm-hmm. we say, like the ones that are not in charge. And yeah, and it's a very important character because the whole series is going to be three books with Kira and Gabriel, mm-hmm. which are the main characters of the book. And and then book four is gonna be about Samantha, and book mm-hmm. five is gonna be about Mikhail because Mikhail <laughs> because I have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so I just finished writing, um, or I just put out uh, a novella which had ostensibly no plot, um, really. <laughs> Uh, I was like, I started out, I was like, I want to write about a dragon and a scientist. And my idea was I wanted to flip the concept of like, oh, there's a dragon on the horizon. What does a village do to protect their, their, you know, land? Well, they sacrifice a young virgin to the dragon and, (laughs) Uh. you know, whatever. Like I had that trope in mind when I wrote it, but what ended up happening, because it's more fun this way, was that the young woman attempts to save the dragon from being executed. Um... And so she invites the dragon into her home without realizing that once she does that, the dragon is like, okay, well, us now forever. Thank you. Take my hand. I'm also a naked man. Thank you. Um, But that was like the extent of my idea for the plot. Uh, And I was just like, I guess they're just going to like hang out in a comfy like pillow nest and do it a lot. I don't know. Like there's no plot here. It's fine. Just vibes. Um, and then, like, I was writing the last chapter, and I just kind of kept going. And next thing I knew, it was 10,000 words long, and I had introduced, like, four new, extremely hot characters. Like, and I was like, what's happening? They all need books. I love all of these people. What do I do? So, like, one chapter spawned four new novels. <laughs> that is genius. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I, I think side characters are so important for any story yeah. and I think okay and I'm gonna give this example because Bella, mm-hmm. Bella knows that I love them uh, Bella Roth has um, the um, the Blood Grace series yes and in her book on her second book she introduces a character and he's there for like five minutes I'm like I need more of him 
mm-hmm. The Prince. I don't know if you mm-hmm. read them. I was mm-hmm. I was just like, where, where is his book? And she's like, oh my god, it's coming, it's coming at some point. But it's it's incredible because to me, it's like you're following these two main characters, but two people are not the whoever it is. I mean, you're not mm-hmm. only two people, are you? You're two people plus everyone else that knows you and everyone that yeah. has an influence in your life. Mm-hmm. whether it's a small influence or a big influence like I said someone came to me at a register 18-20 years ago and asked me if I was Egyptian and it sparked an idea that now is influencing my life right now and it was a person that I don't even remember the yeah. name I wouldn't know what she looks like right now I wouldn't if I cross her on the street I have no idea what she looks like but she sparked that idea in me and, and changed me in a way so everyone that interacts with you changes you in a way and when side characters become themselves in a way that they're not just there yeah. for the for to push the plot forward but is is actually they're there because they're influencing the story in a way that that people want to know more about them that's to mm-hmm. me is amazing i love it absolutely i i personally it's one of my favorite things is when i fall in love with a side character who gets like one cameo in a book or i'm just like yep that one's mine <laughs> I know that I'm not going to be satisfied because I know that they're probably not going to get a book. Or if they do, it's going to be like five years from now. But that one's mine. Um, one of my favorite side characters who appears, oh, like once in like one scene. He's like a speaking role in one scene in my favorite series, uh, Victoria Aveline's The Clickanian series. Um I love he's just this like he's like an army general. He's like an alien army general. And he... He appears in one one scene, and I was like, "Victoria, buddy, uh, has anyone asked about Cadian? Has anyone asked for Cadian's book?" And she's like, "No." And I was like, "Well, I'm asking for Cadian's book now, please. You're my friend, and I love you. But if you don't get me his book, I don't think we can continue our relationship." <laughs> I know that that happens. It happens a lot. So, but yeah, yeah. I, I, well, Mikael and Sam are getting their books. And also because in my, in my mind and my idea is to eventually continue Mikael's story and do like an offshoot. And everything yeah. is intertwined, obviously, because I'm already putting like Easter eggs for it, for that idea into these books mm-hmm. as well, which is going to be everything is going to be explained at the end because everything is explained in my head. So... As long as I'm still around, I'm definitely going to finish them. <laughs> yeah, well, geez, let's hope so. Good Lord. No, that's that's awesome. I um, I am wondering, so when did you finally decide that you wanted to write this down? Like, you had it in your head for that long. Like, when did you put down, like, the first words for, for um, Secret Goddess? I think it was probably well, 2008. It was probably 2007 six uh-huh. something like that and then yeah. it started developing and then obviously the story was completely different back then like mm-hmm. completely different oh, yeah. it started differently yeah. there were different characters kira was always there she was always mm-hmm. um the main character but everyone else around her including gabriel kind of changed and, and you know he was he was always kind of like the detective and the reason why i make him the detective is because i want to make sure that he's in my mind, he's a he's someone that that um, that has an idea of the bigger picture. That he sees a scene and he can 
kind of understand what was going on and and I'm also playing on that sense of duty that he feels, which is very yeah. important because it's it's to it's so much of it that it gets to the point that it's crippling. So yeah, I think um, Gabriel was always either a police officer or someone that had to do with with duty and with like you know sense of like what's right and what's wrong. There is obviously reasons why he's like that, and and his brother was always there too. But um, every, everyone else, to be honest, at the beginning, I'm pretty sure that Mikhail was just Mikhail, that Sam did not exist back then. And then mm-hmm. it's just, I was like, no, he's, he's too much, he's too big of a character to be by himself. So he needs a sister and, he, and she needs to be his twin because it has to happen. Yeah. And, um, and from there, I, I attempted to publish something in 2013 and I wasn't ready. Yeah. And that's something that I think a lot of indie authors go through. I, th- I think it's like, it's like, oh, now I can publish a book, any book. It doesn't matter what it says. Let's just put it out there and see what happens. And uh, it wasn't ready. It, it yeah. was not ready. And so I got feedback. I, I got really good feedback from someone who actually pointed me in the right, the right direction. into like, you know, you need to edit it. You need to find critique partners. You need to find other people to help you with your writing. Because, you know, the story... Is interesting but it is work and then I just kind of did not do anything for years um, not that I didn't write yeah. I did write but it was more like for myself and things and then life happened and then uh, you know job and, and everything else and then about two years ago I started really seriously considering it again and I started writing again and it flowed it was like the first draft was amazing. It's pretty much the same. The, the book is pretty much the first draft. I, I've changed very little of the actual plot. And I've learned about outlining, which saved my life. Because outlining mm. is amazing. It's like, okay, you have a map. Because everyone's like, oh, if you're outlining, you, you, know, you might be cheating because you're, it's not that. You have a map. <laughs> That's why would you do that? Like, uh... Like, I don't, people who, listen, I am one of those people who 100% work smarter, not harder. There's no reason to, this, like, idea that you need to be, like, a little ball on the floor crying, bleeding (laughs) out of your pores to, like, make something good. And if you don't do that, then the thing you've made, good or not, is worthless. Like, bullshit. Bullshit. Like, if you can make something fantastic with the least amount of work possible, that means you can continue to make more things longer over time. What did people get off, get off our high horse and just use the lasso tool and do the damn thing? Listen, I went to art school. And there's a, there's a certain amount of people who are like, unless you are painting everything by hand and like doing all this stuff and if you have to like no references that's something that people say a lot you can't make real art if you're using references like if you're using a pose that you find from a photo no 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 you should be able to come up with that and do perfect anatomy on your own without any sort of reference bullshit bullshit don't do that work smarter not harder make better art without with less work what's wrong with you use the lasso tool anyway i gets me hot yeah i know i know but I, you have to also consider, I'm from a background, I'm, I'm Uruguayan. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you know where that is because we're so small, but no one knows. It's okay. <laughs> well, I know 
Uruguay, yeah. We're like lost in, in the world. But um, the Latin American, and this is another question I get a lot, it's like, why do I write in English yeah. and not in Spanish? And to be honest, the Latin American writers are very much, they're all riding horses. They're very, very high up there. And yeah. I've found that a lot of the, a lot of the things that, you know, a lot of the Latin American literature is very much like if you outline, if you're a romance writer, it, basically you're not anyone. Yeah. You're not anyone yeah, they yeah. want to know. It, there's, there's no market for it in around here anyways. It's really heavy literary fiction, isn't it? It, it, like is. I, it is. Yeah. And, and it's boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so with you. It's so boring. It is so boring. Like, I've, I've had books of people that, you know, like, have a book of, of someone I know, well, someone that I know through someone else. And yeah. their description of a nose is, like, three, four pages long. And I'm like, why? Oh, no. <laughs> it's a nose. Why do you have to have four pages of it? I mean, I listen, I love beautiful prose. Like, here's how I look about look at that stuff. Sometimes there are books that I feel like you need to read to become a better writer, right? You have to eat your vegetables. You have to do the homework that's not necessarily, like, fun, but you know is going to be good for you, right? You got to eat your vegetables. And then everything else is what makes life worth living. <laughs> like chocolate. Exactly. <laughs> like chocolate. Yeah. You can't, like, eating chocolate is not going to make you, like, healthier. No. But if you decide that you're only ever going to eat vegetables, whether you like them or not, like, then you're going to be a miserable human being. Not to say you shouldn't eat vegetables sometimes, because you should. Obviously. We should all do work to become better writers or whatever we need to do. But everything else is equally important. So, Oh God! Oh, that makes me cringe. So, yeah. So that's why that's one of the reasons why I write in English. <laughs> I guess. All right. Easy enough. Because um, I get it. Yeah, in Spanish, it's just not. I I I cannot describe someone's ear for half a book. I just it's not in me. My my book is quite fast paced. I think and it it isn't and it yeah. is in a lot of ways. Is I'm I'm a doer. Okay, so you tell me to do something, I do it like as fast as I possibly can because I have to get it done. And yeah. with the book, it happened the same thing. Is it's kind of like okay, I wanted to finish it, but I was also stopping myself a little bit and say like okay, not so fast because you can't just resolve everything because if not, what's the point of the rest of the books? I mean, I couldn't have resolved any, everything anyways. But and, and in the Spanish books, it's like. Let's just make it as long as possible by describing the most random things. I'm like, why? If you yeah. get, I, I just don't understand it. It's almost like for the sake of the language, right? Like this idea that it's not about. Well, okay, so you know how sometimes poets write novels, right? Um, and those novels are usually beautifully written. Obviously, a poet is somebody who understands language in a way that I personally uh, don't like uh, how poets do things. I am in endless awe of because I look at language and I'm like, yeah, it looks fine. And then they look at it and they're like, OK, what is the hidden meaning of this word? But also what is the perfect sound 
that makes the word important in this sentence that can only be this exact amount. Like it's it's like a math problem. I can't do it. But in the same way, I feel like a poet approaches writing a novel for the sake of language because they have a different relationship with language than I do. So I think they write typically to explore the richness of language and to explore the richness of the human condition and less necessarily for plot or interest or brevity, <laughs> which I think is where we kind of fall over like, OK, but is it interesting? <laughs> it, what's the plot? Like, I, these characters are heartbreaking. I get that. But is anything actually happening? That's, I think no. you, put it, you put it beautifully, to be honest. That, that's the best way that someone's ever explained it. It's exactly that. It's just writing for, for the word's sake and not for the plot or the characters or what's happening or entertainment. Mm. And I think there is a place for everything. Oh, yeah. And that's one thing that I've, I've basically, I, I do have um, writer groups that I'm in that, in Spanish because eventually I would like to test my waters and, and see what, how, it, how it goes. Yeah. Not with things like that, but to see if I can actually push something more fun into the world. Yeah. <laughs> and they have it. But, um, and I've, I've said that before. I said, you know, not everyone writes to win a prize or, or to win a literary you know, award because of how beautifully it's written. Some people just, some people watch, you know, horror films or superhero films or something that doesn't really have a, you know, a, a deeper meaning because they like to yeah. be entertained. You don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't even have time to read to begin with. So I'm not going to read something I don't like. I'm going to read yeah. something that entertains me, that, you know, mm -hmm. catches my attention. So, that's one of the things I wanted to write is something that catches people's attention and not necessarily a, you know, lesson in Egyptian mythology, for instance. It, it's yeah. more like it's about the characters. It's very much about the characters. And it's not about the what's happening in the mythology, if you know what I mean. Or, or... It's not about the plot device. It's about the plot. Um, it's about the 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 personal relationships that the plot revolves around like without these people having an intimate connection uh, without these people having a rich inner life this plot no matter how interesting you know it may be to have you know magic coming from you know the egyptian gods or whatever right and a secret society cool without the characters actually feeling real and feeling like their relationships to each other matter <sighs> what do I care? Right. Exactly. Like what, as a writer, what do I care? I, I personally, you know, when I'm writing, like I, I love to start out with like a really fun, ridiculous idea. Like my latest novella is about, it's basically one big joke. <laughs> it's about, I don't know if you know anything about San Francisco's sentient fog. No. So there is a meme um, that's, like, very famous in San Francisco. It's based around a Twitter account that started in, like, 2013 um, called Carl the Fog. And so San Francisco is famous for its fog. This one person decided that the fog was going to have a name and a personality. And it took off as, like, a Twitter account and an Instagram account. And people would be like, oh, there's Carl, you know, and take pictures of the fog. Um, and personally, I hate the name Carl. <laughs> <laughs> but I I thought it would be really, 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 really super duper funny if I wrote a romance novel 
based around the sentient fog. So, MJ, did I write two full novellas uh-huh. that would then lead to explaining how that this could be possible? Yes. Did I also write a whole novel with several hints dropping in the novel itself to set up this novella that I wanted to do pretty much only for the joke of it? Also, yes. Am I a mad woman? Yeah, I am. But you know what? That book wouldn't be nearly as fun to write if I didn't actually give them character. Like, it would just be a weird caricature with, like, it would be totally soulless. It, it wouldn't be funny. It wouldn't be fun if if I didn't actually care that this sentient fog man has a rich inner life. I'm going to make his backstory extremely tragic. You're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> is it madness or is it genius, though? That's the question. Well, it's a little bit of both in there. <laughs> It always is. It always yeah. is. But yeah, no, it, it's interesting. I think I think a lot of people are well through like romance writers have this issue a lot, anyways. Even in English, mm-hmm. where yeah, yeah. we're not very taken very seriously a lot of the times. What? <laughs> Who could? I I didn't know that. So I think people should normalize reading romance novels, and you yeah. know. I don't even I don't even know. Even with like novels like the, the one Christine's um Siam Nascotas uh, Oh Morning Glory Milking Farm Oh famous I mean seriously like I was reading yeah. that and I was like oh my god I can't be liking this. Wait, what's happening now? And yes, it's amazing. The, that wily hellion man <laughs> She's awesome. But um, little gremlin. I know, but she's absolutely amazing, and she she took like I love it because she took this very unlikely scenario. Yes, and made it so like you couldn't stop reading. I could not stop reading it. She she there's a difference between thinking something is funny and making an interesting plot around something that you think is funny, right? Like yeah. the fog or like a minotaur handjob factory <laughs> and, and actually making a joke of it because there is a funny premise and then there is um, like a bad faith joke. And Christine knew going into what she was writing that she was writing it earnestly. As funny as it was, she loved the idea of doing something that was very like sweet and personal and had a lot of like things to say in it about the world and about the characters but also it revolved around a hilarious plot point like that's great that's fantastic but if she had turned it into a joke at the expense of her her readers and the characters themselves it would have been utterly soulless and that's the that's the difference that's the that's the skill I, i think it's People miss that um, sometimes. They do. No, I, it was very clear. It's, to me, well, when I read it, I was like, oh, you're talking about a lot of social issues and a lot of things that are happening. And put, put a minotaur or in any other type of, you know, like creature, it doesn't really matter because the, the, whole, the, the whole background of it you know, the whole meaning of it and the the Mm -hmm. message was very clear to me. You know, it it was very much social issues that are happening right now and that they do happen. And Mm -hmm. obviously we don't need to be minotaurs or or any other type of creature to realize that are happening. 
but when she puts it as well into the story it was amazing i thought that was just like it's crazy and like i said i couldn't stop reading it it was so much fun as well as everything else and steamy i mean oh christine man and the same happened with bella's um with bella's books which i've been reading only pharaoh novels now so much so much talent yes so So much talent so many good eggs love them all man they're all great i i've had you know i've I've read some some truly wonderful books um through you know speaking to you guys and and getting to um you know just things that i just probably wouldn't have stumbled across um i i don't think i had vela's books on my tbr right because i listened to them and i was like oh those look fancy (laughs) um but i am not personally a high fantasy person i get kind of like oh that's a lot of commitment i'm gonna have to learn a lot and I don't know, it's probably going to be slow burn. And I just, on top of having to learn a lot, that's like a, that's a big ask for me. I've, I read like a book a day. I got things to do. Um, but like, uh, once I started, I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Vela? Yep. That's how I was. I don't like high fantasy either. I mean, apart from like maybe Lord of the Rings, the common ones, obviously that everyone yeah. knows about. And not that I read the books anyways, because I've, I've tried <laughs> But, you know, English being my second language and Tolkien writing almost 100 years ago, I'm just like, yeah. Oh, God. Good. Yeah. God bless, man. Good luck. Because I can barely get through them. Yeah. They're like textbooks in another language. Yeah. It's terrible. I just couldn't. I tried. And with Bella's, it's like, I didn't even look at the grocery, the grocery once. No. She's so good at, like, onboarding the reader. It's amazing. I Basically, her episode, which hasn't come out yet for us now, um, but will have come out already for the listener um i basically just like yelled at her for a solid hour because i was like how did you do this villa and she's just like oh thank you so much i'm so glad you liked it and i'm like no hold on no i gotta yell at you some more (laughs) how did you manage this you tell me now i know it's amazing and it's such a slow burn it's so painful i was like screaming at the book it's such a slow burn but she's so good at like keeping you hooked on the fact that every interaction feels so like full of tension between the two of them that even when it takes 300 goddamn pages for them to touch hands through a handkerchief i'm like yes god yes i'm so here for this they locked eyes from across the field and it's like or he smelled her from a distance and i'm like yes this is all so good mine was like when he's like i don't know he, he manages his fangs so i was like okay okay i was like just bite her already just just Please. do it he's so hungry just do it i'm sure she'd be fine with it oh my God. and then but then it gets to it and it's like holy okay yeah because you think like okay uh, it's gonna be one of you know like a slow burn then it's gonna turn to sweet and i'm like right this is like no <laughs> he knows what he's doing yes actually, he does out. he does know yes, what he's, he's doing. well educated vampire gentleman <laughs> i absolutely love them love them love them and the second book is is just oh my god i, I don't even know it's amazing ah she's so good i know she's so she good. Is. everyone should read those books i mean goddamn like there's so many there's so many talented writers out there who are who are putting books out i like one of my favorite things is when i get to read a book that makes me feel like oh like this is such a privilege because 
it, it, it kind of like is the opposite of existential dread. It's like existential joy when I sit there and I read a book and I have to stop because I'm like, oh, I am living such a minute existence in this span of the universe, right? Like my life is barely a speck of dust in a dust moat through a much larger room. I, there was, was every chance that I would be born at a time when I would either be born too late to read this book or way too early to read this book. But I have the privilege of being born now at this split second in time in this vast, freezing, terrible universe where I can read this book and feel so much joy while doing it. Like, that is so cool. That's the coolest goddamn thing in the world. Yes. Yes, it is. And also the the fact that now we can, we're so open to being able to, like, for instance, in me living, I'm living in Uruguay right now. So it's mm-hmm. for me to get a paperback, for instance, it's very hard because yeah. they don't have many. But thankfully, yeah. ebooks, you know, showed up to save the world, basically. Now I'm able to read anything from all yeah. over the world. People, you know, I've, I've have, well, in the, in the group, we have author friends from South Africa and from Amsterdam and from all over the yeah. world, the UK, from the US, obviously, but from everywhere. And it's yeah. amazing that we're all connecting and we're all reading each other's books and they're so mm-hmm. good. It's like, I, I never, you know, I, I was someone that was stuck reading the same books over and over again for a while because I, I was like, oh, it's, it's nothing out there. Mm-hmm. And then I found like millions. I don't even know. I'm not going to have time to read all of them and it's really sad, but yeah, but I'm going to read as many as I can. And Oh, that stresses me out. Yeah, when I think about that, I get really stressed out. Where I'm like, I can't read all of the books. I I'm gonna I'm gonna die one day, and I'm gonna run out of time. It's just too many, and they're very very good. And indie books are getting so good as well. Yeah. Back when it started, like like I said, in 2013, when I first published or attempted to publish, it it was like like the wild wild west basically <laughs> yeah. oh yeah yeah well you started right like you were looking at 2013 when you initially started to publish right yeah, so that was that was a wild time to be publishing things that's when i started downloading books onto my kindle and just downloaded a bunch of crazy shit because like that's just what was out there <laughs> it was yeah I'm, I'm hoping that whoever downloaded that i'm i have that manuscript as well and i read yeah. it and i was like oh my god <laughs> What was I thinking? I started laughing. We were excited. It was so bad. It was so good and so bad at the same time. It was just like I started laughing, like through all the and I was I was so angry, obviously. Oh no! You can't be mad at yourself for that. Listen, back then I was angry because in the page it was like, "Holy, what is going on?" It's like, "Where's all this rage coming from?" Like I have no idea what was going on back then, but. It was just like, I don't know, it was like F-bombs everywhere. And it's like, I can't say anything about that. I use, I sprinkle them everywhere in my manuscript. There's <laughs> nothing like a, like a good fuck to drop in. Some, some fa- I'll have like a fancy, like a bit of prose here. I'll be like, yes, this is like a really deep, beautiful line that I'm really proud of. And then somebody will follow up with being like, ah, well, fuck it. <laughs> and, then they just, and then nothing tickles me more than combining the two. I do love it. I do. <laughs> Um, my grandmother, (laughs) not so much. Um, no, but I, uh, I started publishing where I guess I started putting my writing online when I was nine years old. 
So I've put some stuff <laughs> into the universe that is still out there in some form or another in bits and bytes and zeros and ones. Um, and I try not to think about it. My, my dear, dear degenerate listeners have been like, Abigail, you should share your fan fiction with it. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> never not a million years i think i was a good writer for being what i was because again i started at like nine so like i had a long education but i would just like write a chapter like a 500 word chapter and just like put it on the internet and it was like awful it was awful of course um and i i just i'm very privileged that i got to learn how to write that way in this really like safe environment where people would be like okay i think you need to go back and edit sometimes and maybe make it a little bit longer um <laughs> which is a very you know it's a very warm place to kind of come up in creatively speaking but it could have been um it could have been so much worse but that being said Y'all, some of the things I wrote were busted, <laughs> like straight up busted, like real bad. Not proud, not proud. But you know what? That's fine. We were all teenagers once. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, I wasn't really a teenager though. 2013, I was like, yeah, I was already in my Well, like 20s. writing wise, right? We all start somewhere and we all put out some garbage into the world uh, when we first start. Like no one starts writing well. Yeah, no, I know. I know. No, and, and you learn a lot. And, and as well as having the books that, you know, that now we have the fantasy and, and everything else, the, the enjoyable mm -hmm. ones. We also have the homework ones and learning mm -hmm. the craft and everything else. The vegetables. Yeah, the vegetables, which are getting better and better as well at explaining yeah. things. They're not that thick, but they're like, uh, I don't want to read that. They're more like enjoyable because they're easily understandable. And, yes. but yeah, no, it, that, that first draft though. Ah. <laughs> uh, I feel like I yeah. should send it to you just so you can laugh. It, it'll take you about I an hour to read it. Oh, <laughs> no. It's really bad. Oh, and, no. And it's, like, so angry and, and so, like, convoluted happening. It's like, it's like, boom, boom, the, boom, 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 boom. I mean, that's it. That's the, that's the hallmark for the first, for the first book is, like, I'm going to cram everything in the kitchen sink into this plot because I think that that's what makes a good plot. Uh... And I, I mean, my my very first attempt at like a full novel that I wrote as an adult, I think I was 21, 22, was like 700 pages long and had like three different plot like arcs in it. Like it was uh, terrible, terrible, absolutely garbage. Um, and so I, I get it. But you write good books now. So MJ, I've, I've where can people find your books? Uh, well, my books are in Amazon exclusive right now. For mm -hmm. now, we'll see what the future holds. For for now, right now, it's just in Amazon, and I have um, they're on Kindle Unlimited. They mm -hmm. well, the first one is the second one is gonna come out June fourteenth. Mm -hmm. If I manage to finish editing everything, yeah, well, no, I'm gonna have to because I already have an yeah. appointment with my other editor that cannot just yeah. squeeze me in so i'm gonna have to finish it and um so yeah no they're they're only it's only in amazon right now and then the secret story that is coming out later this year i think is gonna be on kindle unlimited but i'm not sure okay. because i'm not the boss of that i'm just uh, mm -hmm. one of the 
one of the contributors. Yeah, one of the many contributors to it. And book three will come out sometime <laughs> in the future. In the future, hopefully by your winter, which was is gonna be my summer here. So yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, I'm not sure. I'm hoping that the second one is gonna be is a bit slower in ways because obviously now she knows everything and yeah. the yeah. reader knows the the big secrets or so they think and and then the second one we'll see it's gonna be more of um self-discovery even more of kira and kind of yeah digging deeper into why gabriel is the way he is and how he's controlling and and um wanting to control everything is not gonna work so we'll see it's gonna yeah. be some angst Shall we say? I love, I love a little bit of eggs, a little sprinkle of eggs on there. Gotta add a little bit of cinnamon on top of my coffee. Just give it a little some. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a little. Maybe some. Oh, wow! Exciting! A whole cinnamon stick in my coffee. Indeed. We'll give it a little strawberry. It should delicious. be, it should be fun. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that. Yeah, I'm hope it, it does help with the character development. That's something that I yeah. wanted to dig into and also the character development of, of the silence and that one character at the end of the book when that everyone's like wondering about he's interesting to put in I, I can't wait I'm, I'm excited for the second book um all of the links will be below so the first book in the series is called the secret goddess um the link to that will be below you can read it again on kindle unlimited um which if you don't have is like 9.99 a month and you get like functionally unlimited books um, my, my book is going to be on there in August. Um, my novella is going to be on there in July. So like, or my novella collection is going to be on there in July. So like, Kindle Unlimited is a, a very good investment, actually, if you read romance. <laughs> Not really for much else other than romance, but for romance, it's fantastic. Although I quibble with people who are like, oh, it's on Kindle Unlimited. It's free. Well, it's not free. You're paying for Kindle Unlimited, but sure. <laughs> you don't say a movie on Netflix is free. You pay for Netflix. Yeah. Um, but you have the choices, but, which is great. But you have the choices. You have all of the choices. There are so many, so many, so many, so many good books and on there uh, that you can read. You guys should definitely enjoy it. Some countries don't have Kindle Unlimited. I'm yeah. not, yes. not going to mention, but Uruguay does not have Kindle Unlimited. Oh, no. <laughs> so oh, no. I'm unable to read absolutely everything that I I have to buy them. So you. Oh, that stinks. Wow. I still read them though. I still buy them. Luckily, you have connections to get arcs and things. They're small mercies. Yeah. And exactly. That's saved a lot of money, actually. Yeah. <laughs> With the yeah. arcs. But no, I do try to buy them anyways because obviously I like to support the creators that are amazing in our group. And yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm also looking for people for my street team all the time. So if anyone is interested, they can copy me on my website or, or you know, Instagram or all of the, where I post pictures of my, my boss who is my cat, and she, yeah, she thinks she's the boss of me, but she's not. Most cats feel that way. I I show her the cover of the book and she was not impressed. She. Oh, it's hard. It's hard to get a cat's approval on that sort of stuff, huh? Yeah. Can they sit in it? Can they paw at it? If 
answer is no to either of those questions, then it's unacceptable. No, no. <laughs> Your cover is very funny. You would think that with having a cat on, there would be some sort of favoritism there, but not. Uh, okay. Um, no, my cat is just, she's just mean. All right. So where can people find you? Well, um, they can find me on Instagram. I have a mm-hmm. TikTok. Don't laugh at my videos. I'm very silly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not very silly, but I, I am very camera shy. Or, yeah. And I have a, obviously in Goodreads and all of that. And um, my books are on Amazon. I have my website and I have a Facebook group who is called the Order of the Goddess. Oh, fun. Which is like a take on, on the Order of the Gods from the book. But this is the goddess mm-hmm. because because I'm the boss. Because you, you is goddess. Because we go. I, I got there. I is the boss. And yes. um, yeah, and then I have obviously there's lots of like um, takeovers and things going on sometimes. So if you follow my page, you'll find out about when and where we're going to be. Mm-hmm. And the takeovers are quite fun because a lot of the authors from the Faro uh, family come around and we do like giveaways and we do all sorts of things like that. So in fun games and, and Stevie games, which we love preparing. <laughs> <laughs> we like picture aids and all sorts of things, which are fun. Oh, it's so fun. You guys are the best. Love y'all. Good, good, good eggs, all of you. Thank you. Well, we love you back. Even though I'm terrified of the sheer amount of you and only speak sometimes. Well, yeah, we are quite a bit of us. Well, I'm also there volunteering, so it's, um, I'm kind of like, you know, I have to be <laughs> interacting. You have to be more, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely, Christine bullies me frequently where she's like, you need to, you need to like lurk more. And I'm like, I try, but there's so many messages. <sighs> There's so many. They're, they're, yeah. It's like you blink. Just one small bean. 300. I'm like, okay. What just happened? I love y'all. I, I love it. I love basking in your glow. But I, unless you tag me, I'm just kind of like, kind of sort of kind of look out of the corner of my eyes. The messages come in. Like, <laughs> Don't say that. I'm going to start tagging you now. Watch. Well, feel free. I, I don't feel like I have an entry to the conversation. You can tag me wherever. I don't care. It makes me feel special. I will tag you then, because I'm always monitoring, right. you know, yeah, the, the whole make sure you thing. Okay. Speaking of tagging me, I have things and places that you can find me at and in and on, uh, whether you want me to be there or not. Uh, I'm on Twitter, <laughs> unfortunately. I'm on Elon Musk's Twitter, uh, and you can, <laughs> you can find me at Abigail K. Kelly or Kingdom Thirst. I'm more active over there at Abigail K. Kelly. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Kingdom Thirst. I have another account called Works by Abigail on there. It's more of a placeholder account, really. I mostly, you know, do all of my stuff on the Kingdom Thirst account, um, but whatever. You'll find both if you find either. Um, and uh, you can email me at kingdomthirst at gmail.com. I have a Patreon where I release all of my stuff, all of my novel, all of my novellas, art. I'm doing book boxes. I just ordered a lot of stuff for my book boxes for the Patreon. I'm so excited. Things are holographic. It's going to be great. I've gone insane on the packaging. It's going to be amazing. Um, and and that's basically it. You know, listen to the podcast and rate and review and if you can drop a review wherever if that's available to you on your podcast platform of choice um 
And that's about it. You know, all the links to everything. Uh, MJ's books are going to be below. All the stuff. Um, and so you should read her books and be cool and listen to the next week's podcast and sign up for my Patreon and tag me on Twitter and all of the things. Actually, listener, you have a lot of homework. Um, <laughs> so you should probably get on that. That is true. Alrighty. Thank you for being on, MJ. Thank you for having me. It was lovely. Absolute pleasure. You were a delight. Um, I will talk to all of y'all next week. Kingdom of Thirst is a member of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find all of our episodes and tons of new podcasts to listen to at frolic.media slash podcasts.